0: Use promo code MADNESS50. That's MADNESS50 to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today.
1: Hi. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, One.
2: afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. My great pleasure to be with you on a libations Friday, loosey goosey edition of the program. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If in fact you're watching on War Chant TV, make sure you like subscribe, share, celebrate, embrace, tell your friends everything there's possibly do with such a video. Uh, We'll hit the like button. You know all that good stuff. That's uh, that's what we need from you. Uh, today's show is current in the sense that it is on a Friday. It is Friday. In fact, as I sit here talking to you now from my house, uh, Tom from his, it is not live. I want to get that out there right now. We are not doing this show precisely at one o'clock, but rather just before. There's a reason for that. It involves work-related stuff that would bore you if I got into it, but. We did want to make sure we had a show, certainly as they are in camp. They are over in Jacksonville, and we have you covered. So for anything that happens at practice today, make sure you get caught up on War Chant TV and WarChant.com. We'll have a practice report later today. Corey and Aslan will check in, giving you information about what happened today at practice. So um, other than that, we're current. We're good to go. By FCC rule, I have to tell you that we're not 100% live today. So you know that. But it is current and that we are on the air on a Friday. So, again, just check out Warchant TV. By the way, which you should be doing anyhow, if you're watching us on Warchant TV and you're thinking about joining, it's a buck. It's a buck to join Warchant.com. That's all you got to do, baby. $1 on three, $1 one year. It's a temporary promotion. I don't know how long it's going to last. They won't tell your boy, hey, it ends on this date specifically. Make sure you bang it home and let everybody know when they – No, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. But you can head to Warchant.com to get signed up. That's what you do. You just go over to Warchant.com, type it in. Don't have that preset situation going on there. Just type it in, Warchant.com, and sign up. Hashtag bang it home. For a dollar, for a dollar, you got a dollar in your your pocket right now. You probably do. You probably do. All FSU fans, limited time only special. It's a dollar. You'd be silly not to do it. And I mean that sincerely. You get the Jeff Cameron show every day. You get Wake Up War Chant. You get Seminole Headlines. You get our daily features, our articles, everything. This upcoming fall football season, I talked about it yesterday on the show, chock full. Pre-game show with myself and Tom. Tom and Dominic Robinson, Aslan and Dominic Robinson, maybe even me at some point in there. But Dominic Robinson, uh, we've got a large crew that can do this. Dominic Robinson will be the star of the in-game show as uh, he breaks down what Florida State's attempted to do, both formation, look at the defense, the whole thing, the result of the play. You can do watch-alongs, which is really cool. Post-game show, Tom and Gene have you covered just as they did a year ago. Of course, game stories, practice write-ups, all of it, For a dollar, Warchant.com, gets signed up today. How you
0: doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. And look, he's not just going to be explaining Dominic Robinson what Florida State is attempting to do. He's going to be explaining and breaking down what they're successfully doing. That's the thing that we're hoping to hear more of. Well, look, guys, this didn't have a chance. We're in second and 14 because they were trying to do this. Mm -hmm. They can try as much as they want. It's not going to work. Hopefully this year it's more about, well, there's their bread and butter. They've done it again. Look at this. It's just amazing to see the rhythm that this team comes out with. It's just, look at that. They got them off balance again. Here's probably what they're going to do pre snap. I hope for those types of conversations in the end game. I'll tell you right now, Tom, if you tell me that Dominic
2: Robinson at any point is going to have seen a level of sustained success that leads him to say during the broadcast, it's just amazing what they're able to do every week. Well, buddy, I'd say let's celebrate right now because we're cruising to the Atlantic division title to give that kind of praise. It's just amazing what they're able to do every week is truly uh, a kiss of uh, great fortune because We I don't know that we've ever said that in a positive way. Perhaps a tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic slight has been uttered. It's just amazing that this happens every week. It isn't the same sort of thing that you're talking about. Yeah, that would be outstanding. I'd be very, very excited
0: about that. Look, I'll put it this way. Better chance. give, Give me one of the two scenarios that has a better chance. Florida State wins two games. Florida State wins the ACC Atlantic. Florida uh, State
2: win. wins the ACC Atlantic. There
0: you go. You just said Florida State wins the <laughs> ACC Atlantic. You put it in pen. There we go. We've done it. We've done it. <laughs> hey, I w- I want to say I didn't
2: comment on this. I forgot to do so yesterday and I meant to do so. This has very little to do with practice yesterday. We know they had a good one yesterday. Uh defense bounced back really well. Uh got after it and uh the offense had dominated the day before and Jordan Travis was lighting him up. And so I think the defense felt challenged and they got after it. And this is what you should have in a camp, right? As things round into form, you should have a little bit of balance where the offense plays well, defense plays well in response. They t- challenge each other, both physically, uh, but also they're getting after each other uh, in terms of the, the mental aspect of the game. They're jawing, uh, they're competing. They're competing at a high level. That's what you want. But uh, lost in all of that was the interview from the day before with Julian Armella. And I'm meant to, and if you haven't seen it, go to warchant.com. We've got it there on the website. You can see it on WarChant TV. How impressed were you with Julian Armella's interview? That kid is polished, man. That is, and I'm not just talking about like, oh, someday he's got a chance to be a broadcaster. I mean, the way he thinks about football, the way he thinks about challenging himself, the way he thinks about getting better, the way he thinks about what he's being asked to do and how to arrive at the, the chosen goal and what, what he what he takes away from those reps in which he gets destroyed uh, and how he bounces back. Like his commentary on the way he views getting better as a football player, you know, when we got him, when they signed him, we were excited because Obviously, A, he's an offensive lineman, and anytime you're signing a big-time offensive lineman around these parts, it's reason to celebrate. It's really reason to celebrate anywhere. But when you're as starved as we've been for good offensive line play, it gets a little extra what-for when we sign one. So everybody was pumped up about him. But then that's the first I've really ever heard him talk football. That's a football mind. He gets it. Now, he's got the body to end up putting on the great kind of weight on an already gigantic frame. He's already big enough that if he had to play, I don't think it would be the end of the world. I think he will get some playing time this year. Now, you don't want to have to thrust him in to the lineup as a starter. That would speak to some desperation and to some poor injury luck. So you don't want that. But I'm just saying, he is a guy that is the rare kind of guy that is getting better every day as a true freshman. at that that position, and has the body type and the footwork and the bend and the length, and to some degree, the requisite size already, to make a difference. He wouldn't just be filling in. Now, he'd be a guy that would, like any other freshman offensive lineman, would struggle against a veteran presence, a veteran defensive line, like say, NC State, or Clemson, which has a really good defensive line this year yet again. I wouldn't want to see a freshman lineman, no, no matter how talented, Julian Armello may be, against those groups. Hopefully we don't have to. But to hear the way he prepares and thinks about football is reason to celebrate all over again. Because go back and listen to that interview. Some of it is rhetoric. Some of it is coach speak. But a lot of it is clearly the way he thinks about, I think, breaking down every rep and every practice in an effort to get better. Man, those those are those driven guys that think, eat, breathe, sleep, drink football. That's him.
0: Yeah. There's a lot to unpack with him as a prospect. I mean, obviously he already has the size and it's all natural. Like that's the thing is, you know, there are some dudes you look like when they come out to practice, you say, well, that looks like they're going to have to work really hard for everything that they can put on him." And then there are other dudes that just naturally the weight will fill into, for example, Fabian Lovett is well over 300 pounds. Walking up to you, you wouldn't necessarily assume that because he carries it really well. You'd say maybe 280, 285. Some people just have that frame, and Armella does have the frame. On the positive side, I'd say when we asked multiple defensive linemen, veteran defensive linemen, starting defensive linemen, like Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett, about the offensive line, not about Julian Armella specifically, but about the offensive line, Julian's name was the first one that came up. Now, that's interesting to me because – Players on the other side of the football aren't about to heap praise or hype up a rookie, or in this case, a freshman, if they don't think they can play. There are a lot of times where you hear a question about a backup quarterback or a freshman receiver or something, and you could see other players on the team roll their eyes as they're getting the question, like, oh, we're going to hear about this guy again. He can't even play. He's not even good enough. You know, teammates are not going to heap praise on another teammate if they don't think that they're good. To hear Fabian Lovett give Julian Armella immediate praise in fall camp because he wasn't here in spring, and to hear Jared Verse do the same for Julian Armella gives me a lot of hope because those guys know what the hell they're looking at and going against every single day. On the other side, I'd say if he is going to get playing time this year, I hope it's four or fewer games because he ain't ready. He's not ready. I I took some heat on the boards a couple weeks ago when I said he had a textbook rep and then he looked really raw, and somebody said, how can you be both? Well, the answer is you're a freshman. If you're a freshman, you can do that. You can have reps in a practice where you look like, oh, 100% the part of a blue chipper and somebody who's going to be a multi-year starter. But then in a, at a level where you're not the best athlete on the field, if your technique is not right, you're going to end up on your ass. And that's my fear for Julian is if he plays too much this year, if he's pressed into a desperate position, he's going to be made to look like a fool several times while also being... A player that gives you good reps, and you say that's why we—he's here on campus. I don't think he's ready just yet, technique-wise, for what's to come at the power five level.
2: Yeah, but he's smart and focused and hardworking. He works his ass off, and he expects to play. That's all stuff I want out of a kid who arrives on campus with high expectations. I want a kid who's confident, who believes in his abilities, who works really hard to improve those skill sets. A kid who gets that he's going to have good days and bad days and doesn't let the bad get to him, just like he doesn't you know, wallow in the good. He understands that there's always room for improvement. So I want that. I I think he just, whenever we bring in a high-profile recruit of any kind, I'm always looking very closely to see how quickly can they realize those expectations? How quickly can they get to where we expect them to be based on those star rankings, fair or unfair? That's the bottom line. If you're a five-star kid, or a four-star kid, you're expected to be a good football player sooner rather than later, and you're expected to be a kid who kind of exudes the confidence that comes with a dominating high school career. If I don't see that, it's a little bit like in life. If you've got a guy who did really, really well in college, really, really well in high school, gave speeches, was part of student government, presented himself well, and then he comes into a company and he can't get a word out edgewise and he's nervous all the time, you're like, wait a minute, Did we bring in the right guy here? Was this guy a fraud? It makes you nervous, right? Because you don't expect that based on the resume. You don't expect it, right? So sometimes you do. You get a kid who makes the jump. They come into the big time. They leave the the comfy confines of their high school where they were the physically most imposing player. And they dominated the competition because of it. And then they get here and everybody's big and everybody's strong and everybody's confident and everybody's an alpha. And then all of a sudden, they, they become meekish. They become a little small and you go, Oh no, this is going to take two full years, at least maybe three other times guys step in and you're like, Oh no, he's got a little something to him. He's got a little what for it to him. Like Zarya Thomas wasn't scared. Day right. one wasn't scared. Well, the only way you can be that is if you truly believe you belong there and he believes he belongs there. There's no doubt.
0: Yeah. And look, he's getting time with the ones or he did in the last week. And Mike said that on the record. So that's not giving away any state secrets. Um, And that's good experience in practice. If you fail against your teammates in practice, it's one thing. If you fail in a miserable way in front of 65,000, that maybe could lead to some confidence issues. I just I would protect the asset here because he doesn't even have his strength yet at the level that he's going to. If you can preserve the shirt because everybody is okay and hunky-dory in terms of health-wise the rest of the season. I don't, I just don't think he's ready for the rigors of it just yet. It's easier to play a skill position than offensive line. But the good news is we haven't had anybody that's worth debating about until maybe this year, because he's not the only one. I think if there was a, a rash of injuries, I know I might be the only one that believes it, but I think Kaniya Charlton wouldn't be terrible if he had to play right now. I'm not saying he should. I'm saying if it if it's an emergency situation, Two freshman offensive linemen, I don't think it would be the end of the world if they were on the line. I would just hope that we can preserve them for another year because you allow those guys, along with the other three that are in here, one more year of seasoning in this uh, strength and conditioning system. The future of the offensive line looks really bright, and I yeah. can't believe I'm oh, saying
2: that. 100%. I'm, it's the first time in a long time that I've been excited about where they're going to be. Not where they're currently at. I think they're an average offensive line at best this year. But where they're going to be, I agree with that. And I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. I am not suggesting that Julian Armella start for this football team. In fact, if he does, we're in trouble. Because that means something terrible has happened. He ought not be out there. I agree. It's his potential is sky high. His work ethic seems to be intact. And his mindset is what I'm looking for. I like it. I like everything about it. And I'm excited about it. That's all I'm conveying is that the, we we got us one there. We got us one right there. There's a reason to be excited. You're right about Charlton, too. I wouldn't want him to play this year at all. No. He's got some deficiencies in his game and a long ways to go. But he's got enough things that you get excited about. I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, and if you compare him to, say, a SAP or a Woody or a Daughtry Richardson, like that's a hell to the knock. But with Charlton, you'd be like, yeah, oh, he might be okay in a pinch if we need him for, you know, a quarter or something like Sat, that. Sat, by the way,
2: of that bunch is going to be a beast. I'm, t- I'm just uh, – nobody's built like that. Nobody's built like that. That kid, he's not at all ready, not even close. Oh, my God, no. Not trying to give you that impression. But, folks, as we analyze that group and how important it is, they got some dudes. They've got some dudes finally – yeah, they're in the pipeline, but they're coming. They're coming, and I just—I man, when I look at him, and he occasionally has a rep, Sap does, where you go, okay. Then he has another one where you go, okay. But 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 truthfully, that body type, like, well, you're not. When he gets
0: man strong, yeah, and he understands how to play, you're not moving that kid. The guy who makes him look foolish most often is uh, Tafasi so far, and I'm like, man, those two guys going to go head to war for three years at minimum. That's going to be fun. Yeah,
2: think about how nasty those battles are going to be, and we get to watch them. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious to watch that. I mean, that they're going to end up in fights um first of all they'll be sick of each other secondly they will both won enough of those battles that the other won't forget it and you're like son of a bitch got me you know it's like it's 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 a glorious thing it's the jeff cameron show 93 three real talk radio and war chant tv
1: the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network Check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk
2: 93.3. I think I figured something out, Tom, that. Um is, is probably good for us to think about from time to time at least those of us here in Tallahassee I think the perspective you you probably get more of this than I do oddly just because you're you're uh you haven't been out of school as long it's been a it's been a minute but you you haven't been out of school uh, nearly as long as I've been
0: uh, <laughs> we're going on 15 years soon man
2: <laughs> yeah but you know like you still touch base with your class. Uh, or the guys that you are, you know, were from in Tampa, St. Pete, that went to school and then now have moved back to, say, those areas. Yeah. I've got very few people that, uh, I mean, I, there are a couple of real close friends or whatever that that live down there that I check in with to get a Florida State sports perspective just to, to hear from every now and then. I got one in Miami, one in Tampa, a couple in St. Pete, and then the rest are scattered throughout the country. I guess the, the point I'm going to make is this. I think that the view that that Florida State fans have that either are in school right now or just out of school, coupled with Florida State fans that, say, got a job here in Tallahassee and stayed in the community, the, the, the view of what Florida State should be, needs to be, has to be this season is different than I think the fan that is not consumed by it, either because they're here or they're fresh out of school. So, like, when I talk to people that live, um, that, 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 that work outside the state, they graduated from Florida State, say, in 93, 94. When I talk to people like that, I got a friend in Atlanta that I talked to last night that was kind of led to this it's like the third person I've talked to in the last year in the last really six months that when, when they say, Hey, what do you think Florida state could do this year? What do you think the record will be? Or what, what are your thoughts on where we're at? And they, they usually preface it because these are people I've known a long time. They usually sort of preface it with, look, man, I know this is what you do for a living. You don't have to talk sports with me. Usually we're asking about each other's kids and each other's wives, and vacation plans, and all that kind of stuff. But just real quick, what are your thoughts? I know the season's coming up. I know you're out of practice. What are your thoughts? If I say to them, Tom, that I think they're capable of going eight and four, if they get all the right bounces and stay healthy, maybe nine and three. And I, and and admittedly, I don't think they're going to go nine and three. I, I I don't. I'm not that high on them. The voice on the other end. Is like what? Really? Gosh, I was just hoping you'd say we'd go six and six. Like, you think they can win eight games? And I go, yeah, yeah, I think they can win eight games. They're like, okay, wow, that's news to me. I'm excited. I, I I was just hoping you'd say we'd finish five hundred or maybe get to seven wins. But, gosh, they must have made a lot of improvement. That's their that's their response. Like, they don't. Those people who are kind of taking a cursory glance at football every now and then, or they'll, you know, surface level reads here and there while they're in the grocery store or something like those people don't think Florida state has a chance to be any good at all. Like they've, I think enough sucking has occurred for a long enough period of time that they just assume, Oh, well, we're, we're years away, years away from being any good at all.
0: Yeah. And they're right to do that because they have lives that don't center around Florida state and Tallahassee. And look, you know, a lot of those people, especially in my friend group, they like other sports teams. They like other franchises and guess what happens when you lose it's, it's only natural. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't make you less of a fan. If you're a bucks fan and an Olds fan and you live in Tampa, like many of my friends are, guess what? Your Sundays have counted for a lot more than your Saturdays over the last few years, because you don't have a lot of good Sundays in the last 20 seasons as a Buccaneers fan. You probably got about five years worth of them, and a lot of them have happened recently. Or if you are, I don't know, a Yankees fan or a Braves fan, that's a better one. Braves fan in the southeast part of this country, a lot of old fans are. Guess what? In October last year, they were paying more attention to the Braves than they were Florida State football. And they should be. They just won the World Series. It's only natural for FSU fans and grads that have moved to professional cities and like those professional teams to have Florida state fall down the pecking order. Our hope is, and our contention is with what we've seen using the logic of what's happened around here, being here day to day and seeing practice practices, the Noles are going to capture that attention a little bit more for these people who have strayed and it might surprise them. You're right. People don't check in with practice reports necessarily the way they would if they thought we were going to win 10 games or 11 games this year. But if we win eight, you're going to get a lot of them back for next year, which is really good for the university on multiple fronts—season ticket fronts and for that random collective that has nothing to do with Florida State at all. For NIL purposes, they're also going to see some benefits from that as well.
2: The but other part yeah, of happen though, yeah. The other part of that is that if you live here, you need them to be better. So you're going to project that optimism onto the program. You're going to project that you, what you want to happen. Now I'm not saying you and I do that. I think we're being uh, as objective as possible. I I see this team as being better. I say it all the time. I think they are objectively better, but I don't think they're great. I think they're okay. You know, I think they're just, they're just okay. And okay. Can get you at eight and four in the ACC. Okay. Can get you there. So that's kind of what I think they are, but it's fascinating to me because I we know a ton of business owners and you know obviously shout out to all of those that have worked with us over the years and been good to us and we appreciate your partnership and some of them are restaurants some of them are just other uh, you know walk of life uh, but but yeah <laughs> um, I just I, I appreciate them but I also understand where that comes from like we would all be doing better. War chant would be doing better. The Jeff Cameron show specifically would be doing better. These businesses, all of them would be doing better. The energy in the city would be do would be better. If this team stops sucking. If we could just have a reason to collectively celebrate a Saturday, more than four or five times a year. So that you know it's we want it to happen and we need it to happen whereas others if you're in a big city there's a lot to do all the time uh you the further removed you are from the university on a day-to-day basis and the longer you're removed from the university on a day-to-day basis the more apt you are to find other things as you're pointing out that uh will enrapture you or certainly take up your time and I get that those people, they're just checking in. They're just checking in. And they're like, hey, man, uh, how you doing? Hope family's well. Uh, You know, I know you cover Florida State. You're my boy. So, uh, you know, are we going to suck worse than, you know, last year? Or are we going to be slightly better? And it strikes us, by the way, those of us here, whether you're in the media or not, like, I think it strikes you as odd when you hear the question. Like, I had a friend ask me if he thought we were going to be worse this year. Straight face, just like, are they going to be even worse this year now that we don't have Jermaine Johnson? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of understand where that's coming from. They're like, yeah, I mean, we're not any good. I know that. But are we, go- are we worse? I'm like, wow, that is an interesting perspective. Like, that guy's just driving around Miami, going to work, diehard Noel, loves his Knowles, wearing a four-state shirt, all of it, just on his way to work, thinking that there's a good
0: chance we're going to be worse than last year. Well, they've got, again, good reason if they're a casual fan because they don't like being hurt. You know, for for you knowles out there that are lucky enough to have a 401k or investments, maybe the last few months you didn't check them as much because you didn't want to be hurt with what you saw. (laughs) You know, it it just doesn't do you any good. So, you know, that's the fun part of the climb. That's why. And uh, I didn't mean to use his term. I'm not that kind of a it's okay. Still. But that's the pursuit of a title. That's why that's the more fun thing than the maintenance of the title or the repeat, because there's a newness to it every time. There's a newness to it, and for me, it was extremely novel being a, a citizen of the Lost Decade. We're gonna have to name this one some, something worse than Lost for these poor saps of uh, you know undergraduate students and graduate students. But when we were winning in in ten, that season's one of my favorite years. They ended up only winning their tenth game in the bowl against South Carolina, but that team competed like none of its peers in the last or the previous four seasons. So it was new and it was enjoyable. 11 was a bit of a down downward turn 12. You had expectations again, but they were shattered by uh, a BS game up in state and then the five turnovers against Florida, but you were in the conversation. So in the end, it still felt like, all right, I'm glad we're in the ring again. And then 13 was magical. So, That's the thing. The pursuit of it gets real fun, but there has to be an element of surprise to the fan base and newness to it as you begin that pursuit. The hope is, look, we haven't taken the first step yet. We're hoping the first step is this upcoming season. Quote, unquote, from my
2: friend yesterday, they just have to be better. Yeah, That's what he said to me. That's what he said to me. He goes, they don't have to be good, Jeff. They just have to be better. I mean, they haven't been better in a long time. They've just been a different version of suck every year. And yeah. it, it's fascinating to hear that.
0: No, I think that's a gross over- oversimplification now, but that is somebody who doesn't want to be hurt. Uh, they've been better every single camp under Mike. I think, you know, we've gotten into most of them. COVID prohibited us early on and, and 2020 was a tough season, no matter what program you're talking about. Just look at the outlier numbers from that year. But if you go from last fall camp to this spring camp, to the current fall camp that we're in, They're better every single time. And it's not just about players. It's about the culture being in a place where you don't have to stop practice for basic stuff. So it's to what extent in the record book will they be better? But they're already better. So that that goal is achieved if that's what you're asking for.
2: Yeah, but what I would say, and I get why the person says this, because you and I watching a random Wednesday practice and it being a better Wednesday practice than the group that preceded it by a year, is a very different guidepost than somebody who watches football on Saturdays. So watching on Saturdays, you could argue when you watched the first four games last year, Florida state wasn't any better. They just sucked. They were embarrassing.
0: And you would have said to yourself, how's this possible? We're not any better. We're not any better. And then they were competitive for the final eight games, winning five of them. And they could have been in a position to win more. Well, but they that,
2: that's my point. Like, they went into the season assuming we would be better, and those four games said resoundingly, you're not.
0: So they tuned and that,
2: out after the four games?
0: I, I guess Maybe they did. You know what? If we're 0-4, maybe, maybe if I'm living in a different market. Right. Yeah. yeah. I of might course they nothing. did. But if you stuck around for the next date, you would have seen something kind of crazy because most teams in this day and age would have quit after that and after what they've been failed by before Mike Norvell got here. They would have said, oh, this guy's full of it too. This guy's full of it too. It was Jimbo mailed it in. Willie never got to the mailbox in the first place, and this guy sucks too. But they stuck with it, and they were competitive for their last eight games in a way that we have not seen with consistency here in a long time. Now I know that I'm talking to you, the converted or the person who saw it just like I did. Yeah, but that that's where they're going to be better. I have a hard time watching what I what I've seen in spring and fall, not knowing. I feel very good about this short of a rash of ridiculous injuries. And that's Mike Norvell's luck that they're not, they can't not be better. I mean, look at what they're doing every day in practice. They're going to be better. It's just a matter of, does the record book reflect it? Well, and that's my retort is
2: what I say to them. I just, I think it's fascinating that it, it is, it is an interesting perspective that people the further removed from the program, they are either by distance or time or both have very nominal expectations, which good for them, I suppose, because they'll be the most wowed. You and I will not be. You and I are not going to be shocked. And the people here who listen to this show every day will be less taken aback by their successes because they've heard, they've been prepped, they've been told, hey, look, they're better, guys. They're they're a lot better. Are they a great, great team? No. And by FSU standards, by the standards of greatness that this program was based on for for 40 years, they're not anywhere close. But are they much better than they were last year? Oh, yes, most assuredly. And, and, And we know that. Now, again, you get into the debate about every single season is in and of itself and if you have certain types of injuries or, you know, look at it this way. Whenever you think about league play, I always like to consider that one of the teams that we think is really good right now or is projected to be really good is going to play below expectations. They're going to have a a sub you correctly guessed last year that it would be North Carolina. Mm -hmm. The expectations for North Carolina last year were exceedingly high because of a blip on the radar that they were able to get when Mac Brown took over. There was one little moment in time where they looked like a real good team. Right? So then all of a sudden, the expectations went from, well, you know, they're okay, to, oh, Carolina could could win 11 games, could cruise to win the coastal title and maybe even be a competitor for the ACC title. And then we saw North Carolina and we went, nope, 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 you're not you're not better. If anything, you've taken a step back. And they lost at home to us convincingly, et cetera. People realized they were the disappointment of the ACC last year. And then conversely, there's always a team that everybody thinks is going to be average at best. you look at them and you go, they're not, that's not a great team. There's no real reason to project them anywhere close to 10 wins. They won't be very good. And the next thing you know, you look up and you're like, well, that game's a lot more difficult than we realized. They found something. Their quarterback took another big step. You know, Kenny Pickett did not go into last year as a touted soon to be first round pick. Nobody thought that of Kenny Pickett, nobody. And if you go back and look at the preseason write-ups on Pitt last year, They thought that they would be a decent team, but nobody thought that that offense would look that way. And that that kid would They everybody knew the receiver, but they really didn't talk too much about Pickett being a star. And then he became a star and they threw the ball. They ran counter to their reputation. They threw the ball over the lot. And nobody really kind of expected that to be the case for them. Wake Forest was a lot better than people thought they would be. This happens every year. So trying to guess which of those teams is going to be that is a fun exercise. What happens with diehard Florida State fans who've been hurt over the last five years is they never project that team to be this team. Right. They never predict that the team that's going to be a lot better than anybody thinks is their own. They always think it's somebody else in the ranks. And really what they think is it's likely somebody who's on our schedule that we're assuming is going to suck, that will be a lot better because, of course, they will be. That's just our luck.
0: Yeah, and they've been right for a long time. But look, you know, it's funny. I get put in the position, and you do too, in that situation when somebody doesn't expect us to be better and we think that we are, it sounds like you're pounding your chest over eight wins. And I'm not trying to pound my chest over Florida State winning eight games because that's not what we're it's not what we're about here. And as long as I'm covering Florida State, that's never going to be what we're about. But it's what we have in front of us. You can't get to where you want to go without a season where you do win a mediocre amount of games by and a, and a below average amount of games by FSU standards. You got to walk before you can run, man. And this is the season to walk. And hopefully we do so upright, one foot in front of the other, we've got good balance about us, we're not shaky in the alley, nobody can push us over. (laughs) That's what this year's about. I'd rather it be about winning the Atlantic and and competing for a college football playoff, but it's not. So I understand and I hear myself. I'm not pounding my chest and saying, wait, you see this team, they're going to win eight dadgum football games. No, it's just I think they're going to be better to the tune of as long as injury luck and turnover luck isn't crazy bad. I think eight's that middle number. I I believe that since the spring. I believe it now. And we'll see what happens as long as, you know, things bounce the knolls way. An even amount, that's where they're going to be. Gaining strength, being balanced. Orange Theory Fitness, my friends,
2: will help you do both two locations in town. Orange Theory Fitness. It's interval training. They use interval training at the highest levels, by the way, of uh, peak athleticism. Programs around the country do this. Uh, you you check your heart rate, you go from a baseline to a push pace to an all out back down again, and through it all, you gain obviously stamina, but you gain more importantly, more life throughout your day. It's an exercise rooted in science, which is important, especially in an era where people like to dismiss science rather buffoonishly. So, you know, you're getting a real workout done by some of the best athletes in the world, and you're done. With that workout, feeling better about yourself than when you began it. It's important to do that. It's important to gain that strength. It's important to know what you're doing works. Orange Theory Fitness, two locations in town, one Midtown, and one here on the north side of Tallahassee, where I reside. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV.
1: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com.
2: Quarterback Tom Brady will be away from the team for a period of time to, quote, deal with some personal things. That, according to Coach Bowles, still weird for me to say, uh, yesterday, Bowles said Brady's absence was discussed in advance and that he will return after next week's preseason game against the Titans. Tom, that game is on the 20th of August. Today is the 12th. He missed yesterday, which was the 11th quote, this is something we talked about before training camp. We allotted this time because he wanted to get in and get chemistry with the guys, go through two weeks of training camp, knowing he wasn't going to play the first two games. He didn't want to take away reps from Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask, as well as Griff, that's Ryan Griffin, going into the next two games, knowing it's something he needs to handle. When asked if the issue was health-related, Bowles said, it's a personal personal issue. That's All I can tell you, Um, man, I don't want to be overly pessimistic and draw too much from this, but buddy, I'm not buying this. This ain't good. There's nothing good about a guy, a red ass like Tom Brady, who believes every second of every day should be spent doing something that makes you better Yeah, to the point of absurdity alkalinity whatever chamber he's sleeping in now you know his own personal workouts that he sells whatever it might be the kind of time he's talking about that he spends with teammates and new teammates at that he's got he's got a new receiver to work in he's got I mean there's a lot going on with the offensive line two new receivers to work in right what what I I mean look again people have a, a personal life and I don't know what's at play here and I'm certainly not trying to ignore whatever it's going on in his personal life if in fact it's serious just because he needs to get uh, simpatico with Julio Jones and Russell Gage and Kyle Rudolph but it's just so not Tom Brady that yeah th- this is almost like a uh I don't know. I don't, it, It's almost like he doesn't have high expectations.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you can look at this two ways. Um, if you want to start with the pessimistic way, because this is all we're left to do is speculate. Uh, the pessimistic way is uh, maybe I shouldn't have come back, you know, point blank. Maybe I shouldn't have come back. Maybe I right? need to take some time and think about, am I really going to be dedicated for this season? And maybe after 10 days, you get news that he's like, all right, sorry, I'm a re when it comes to committing. And now I'm uncommitted again, and I'm just, I'm going to walk away. That's the pessimist view. Uh, You know, I don't like categorizing this as the optimist view because it's not a good scenario. It's not a positive thing. But remember, a couple of years ago, I'm just trying to find logical reasons here. A couple of years ago, his dad almost died of COVID, right? And so they were finally able to come out to a game. They were at, at the Super Bowl. I think they made it all the way down for that game. But they were at at least one regular season game, too you know, if my parents were in failing health and it was happening during football season, maybe I do say before camp starts, look, I got to spend some time. You know, I'm sorry. I know this is the wrong period on the football calendar for this to happen, but I'm going to come in. I'm going to give you 10 days of all I got. And then I got to go away for a little bit because once we get into the season, I can't leave and I won't leave, but I've got to do what I got to do. So, I know that I'm painting a very positive PR picture for Tom Brady, but I mean, that would be legitimate. That would be a reason we'd be like, oh, okay, you got to go tend to a family member who's not at hundred percent because Todd Bowles keeps coming back to personal reasons. It could be just something as simple as that, where you want to be around somebody before you got to go on lockdown for four months. So we'll wait and see. But if he retires, that's equally plausible to me too. It could, or something along the lines of, Man, he didn't know if he really wanted to commit to play. He got back to training camp, and he said, oops. You know, it could be that, too. Who the hell knows?
2: I think it's a mixture of a couple things here. First of all, let me round out here what we're talking about and then comment on what you just said. When asked if he was worried about Brady's personal issue impacting his commitment to the team, Coach Bowles said, per our conversation, I'm not worried. No, not worried at all.
0: He has to say that, though.
2: Well, of course he does, but he wouldn't say it if Tom's telling him he's seriously thinking about retiring again. So what I think is that Tom's not going to retire. I actually think there's no way Tom retires. Tom will see this through. My concern from a fan standpoint is just that he'll see it through, but how committed is he? How good are they going to be if he's half-assing this thing because he's come back and he's distracted and he doesn't really want to be back, but now he knows – You talk about leaving somebody high and dry. He would not do that. He is a professional. I don't think at this juncture, the season's starting. You cannot just decide, hey, I'm walking away. The time for that was when you did it before, or it would have been prior to camp beginning, certainly. The Bucs are screwed if he walks away. I I don't think he's going to do that. But I think you hit on a good point, because I think it has to be family-related. To me, it has to be something along those lines where perhaps time is indeed, of the essence, where it could be running out. I hope not. I hope everything's okay. But I just find it fascinating because the Tom Brady that was driven to win as many championships as possible to ensure that he finishes as the greatest player at that position to ever play the game, that guy, I feel like, I don't know Tom Brady from Adam, but we've had a long time to view this man's behavior from a distance and analyze it and parse it and figure out what it's all about. And boy, have we. Well, that guy's dad could be on death's door and he wouldn't miss 11 straight days of training camp. Not that one. Not the guy that was thinking of where he was going. Now, time changes a lot of things. Your perspective is one of them. And I would like to think that the 46-year-old Tom Brady has a different perspective on life, professionalism, fatherhood, um, you know, being a teammate, whatever you want to look at, than the 26-year-old version of Tom Brady would, or the 30-year-old version of Tom Brady would even. And so I'm glad that perhaps he's prioritizing things in a more healthy manner, if in fact that's what's happening. But just from a Bucs fan standpoint, I don't think any of it adds up to the good.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, it's fundamentally not good for football reasons if you're not around your teammates during training camp when these bonds are forged. And it's not like they're returning all 11 starters, you know, including Brady. The other 10 are the same. So because it's not, that's all the more critical. But I just, you know, it could be a position in a week where I say, oh, man, he's not committed. You know, or ten days from now, whatever it is, and you're like, oh no, okay. So we'll see how much we can get out of eighty percent Tom Brady, but I'm not willing to go there yet. I'm not willing to to assume that this is based on him being wishy washy just yet. Right, 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 right. It could could be an extremely legitimate reason, and you know me. If if there's a reason to call Tom Brady, I will because you know those spaceman bed sheets that he's selling for like two hundred dollars. It's ridiculous the things he does. Uh, it's crazy. uh, A lot of it. You're like, man, get out. You don't believe half the nonsense you're saying, but in this instance, I'm going to reserve judgment just in case.
2: Yeah. And I don't want people to think my thoughts on this situation are a judgment of Tom Brady, but rather a concern selfishly as a diehard Bucks fan that that we're not getting the most out of Tom Brady, Tom. (laughs) That's what this really is. Selfish on my part. We're not getting the most out of our investment. Damn it. It's the Jeff Cameron show. hour number two forthcoming. Stay with 93.3 93-3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV.